welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I'd like to welcome you to Lunatic Mondays, Lunas Lunaticos, the very first bilingual show for CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. And today I have a guest with whom I've learned through reading her book that we have so many common places and and common experiences and that is always a good uh added bonus and surprise to have i'm very happy to welcome to lunatic mondays tonight granddaughter crow she's from north glen co colorado i'm assuming i don't know my states i'm an immigrant um she's an author medicine woman public speaker teacher and intuitive reader descended from a long line of spiritual leaders she is an empath, medium, and member of the Navajo Nation. She was voted uh, Woman of the Year in 2015 by the National Association of Professional Women. For more, you can visit her at www.granddaughtercrow.com. And don't be that, like Laura that wanted to say grandmother the whole time. And I'm like, no, it's granddaughter, granddaughter for the love of the goddess and uh i keep saying grandmother you know the world is ingrained on my mind anyway welcome to lunatic mondays how are you thank you thank you thank you laura it is my pleasure and honor to be here with you as the hostess as well as all of your wonderful listeners um you're absolutely right so many people call me grandmother crow it's a it's almost like a default to being indigenous we we are thankful for our ancestors and and all of that and so I really find it funny because so many people do now actually I am a grandmother I have four wonderful grandchildren but the reason why I am granddaughter crow is because I give my accolades to my grandfather who ran the same spirit that runs through me ran through him so and it also keeps me a little humble you know <laughs> yeah and and I was also laughing and and thinking and I kind of cut you in the corner of my eye. yes folks we are pre-recording I have the pleasure to be looking at her sorry you will not but you can follow <laughs> her on old socials and then you can look at her look at her but I was laughing when I say I'm an immigrant because how in the world we natives of this wonderful land become immigrants it will always baffle me and uh and I just don't know the states but yeah it's Colorado right where you are it is it is okay. correct yeah yeah the abbreviations for the states is I didn't grow up here so you know escapes me um, and speaking of growing up, uh, you grew up here, of course, you're indigenous to this land, uh, but you are of what is called mixed race, which yes. is horrible, mixed heritage, I will say. Sure. Um, so I feel kind of silly asking you how you got into paganism, because like us Mexicans who are of also the horrible term mixed race or, or mixed heritage, it's almost like you don't get to go 
to nature, race, religion, spirituality, you are born in it. However, when was the, totally pun intended, awakening moment in yes. which you saw your heritage your, and your beautiful culture? Yeah, so um, thank you for that question. I am, my father is full-blood Navajo. English is his second language. Um, the reservation that the Navajos land on is also known as the Four Corners, which includes Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah. We fall, my clan falls on the uh, New Mexico side of that, and I was actually born down there. Now, my mother is full-blood Dutch. She is, she cannot go out into the sun. She will immediately burn very, very, very white, very, very, very white. And so I have this, like, like you said, mixed heritage. And the interesting thing is, is that my father was born in 1932. And if you know the history of what happened there with the indigenous people at that time, basically my father was taken from his traditional home, the Hogan, and placed in a boarding school. He was denied his language. His hair was cut. It was horrible. And quite frankly, I think he was brainwashed. And so nevertheless, he ended out becoming um, almost subservient to this idea that the Bilagana or the white skinned individuals are dominant in their in their mind and their thinking and their teachings, which to me, I mean, I understand, but sometimes I think that that might not necessarily be a compliment, because I would rather be dominant in my heart, I'd rather be dominant in my spirit, you know, but it is what it is, I'm just kind of giving you a background. So he ended out uh, going to seminary school under the reverend of the Christian faith, that's where he met my mother. And then they went back to the Navajo reservation as ministry missionaries under the Christian faith. I was actually born and raised in this household. Um, and I was the one that they chose to carry on the ministry of the Christianized thinking. When I turned about 15 years old, I did a no-no, which is I started asking questions. I started questioning. Now, if you if you realize I'm a, what you would consider an ex-gen, so I asked questions like, well, if this is a loving God and you can only go to this heaven if you go through him and know him, but there are so many people around the world. Now, granted, this was before internet. There's so many people around the world that will never hear of him. How is that loving? This was very, very disrespectful to my family, and it has actually ostracized me from them. I went out on my way, and then all of a sudden, the natural world started speaking to me. And I just connected with it and I thought with it and I looked to the tree and, I, and, and the tree tells me, stand strong, stand strong, granddaughter pro, lift up your head and wave your arms and be you. And it started talking to me. And so I was just like, oh, the natural world. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's paganism. <laughs> so that's that's the that's the long story. And, you know, paganism, I define it as um the religion is the natural world and it's nature-based and you know if you go back far enough 
prior to religions, you go back far enough in anybody's culture, you will find a nature-based tribe, even in Europe, that sat around a circle, that connected with the natural world. So basically what I did was I jumped over the, you know, Christianized belief system, went way back into my ancestral roots, and that's where I come at, you know, that's who I am, that's how I connect. And mm-hmm. having this... Uh unique perspective of knowing what is indigenous or indigenous to your tribe and your people and then uh I don't mean to speak for you obviously but I kind of like because we coincide on this experience and then understanding what is like the pagan ways like in the European pagan ways you know as uh, an apprentice of mine told me one time it is amazing what Christianity did the colonizers did because what they came to do in the Americas, or America as we call it, just one continent, America, uh, they did to their own indigenous people in Europe. And she was in awe, you know, when she realized that, because she said, they did it to us, but they also did it to themselves. They disconnected themselves from the earth, and they connected with this being that is somewhere in the atmosphere. And we they started looking up only and forgot to look down at mother earth and hence we are in the kind of trouble that we are you know but it's it's wonderful that you made those connections and just so you know uh, and people that know me on this show know it I'm a great advocate of finding your family and if your so-called family or blood-related family can have you then they probably shouldn't you know oh thank you yeah so, i i agree i agree yeah I kudos agree. on you and 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 doing your own uh path and and then you find paganism and you run with it and you know where it mixes and where it's the same and where it's not and how do you start your actual personal practice because you're you're very um for what i see in the book interface yeah and yep yep I absolutely am very um eclectic you know jack of all trades I really have this idea that the divine is so large that it can't fit into only one category some people like see it through buddhism mindfulness paganism all of these different things. And in in the book, I actually do comparative religions and such. But at the end of the day, I think you hit the nail on the head, Laura, you say, hey, what, why, this is my question, why was there this idea? Where did it come from to cause us to disconnect from Mother Earth, from the natural world, and then put on this superficial masculine old man that we that is way up in the sky and that we need to prove ourselves to and 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 I and I really see that quite frankly and I'll I'll be really blunt is that I think it was done out of control of the masses because when we connect with the natural world and realize that we are the natural world, mm. 
yeah, we are untamed and we know, you know, oh, I've got the spirit of a crow. I've got the spirit of a lion. I've got, you know, I can think for myself, which I think is the key. They are like, no, 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 no. Don't think for yourself. And by the way, don't question what I tell you. Believe me blindly. And that if that isn't mind control, I don't know what is. But at the end of the day, when we begin to reconnect with earth and and our spirit just feels seen, like when I look up into the sky and I see a hawk, I think to myself, wow, that's a beautiful hawk. And that hawk saw me first. It let me see it. And so I'm like, I am seen. And that's another aspect that I want to bring to to any earth-based or pagan type of a religion is that recognize that the tree that you see senses you when you touch the tree, it on one level or another, maybe it's just a heat sensory. It knows you, it sees you, the birds see you, you know, the grass feels your heat. And then it becomes a part, it is observing you just as much as you are observing it because we are all one. We are the natural world. Yes, indeed. And uh, listening to your story and then what I've read on the book, it's funny because I was about the same age when I left the Catholic Church, you know, being grown in Mexico as an early Catholic, um, the brand of Catholicism that is more pagan than Catholic, again, you know, but the questioning was the same, like, why do we have abilities why can we see the future what do we have prophetic dreams and more like in your case I was told you know like you cannot see only the prophet can see Mm -hmm. and if you're seeing things is because you must be the devil right don't ask questions and on top of everything uh you are this demonic because you're a woman yes you know so all this uh patriarchal misogynistic ways of being well i am glad that you found your own path i love how you share in this book so much of you it's almost autobiographical yes in a sense and it's so funny because when you look from an untrained eye you look at the book, right? Belief, being, and beyond. And you think, oh, yeah, this woman is just going to be talking to me about God and you know, <laughs> uh, having faith and blindly following. No. <laughs> no, it's the opposite. The, the being part is my, because I think that's where I am, but I also think we all overlap. But before we go into the book deep, how do you get inspired to compilate all these experiences and share your wisdom with us on this book? Wow, that's a great question. I think that there's probably a lot around the a lot around my life that has brought me to this point. However, I will say, under the Christian faith that I was raised under, we were known as quote unquote spirit filled, which means that we were allowed to practice the nine gifts of the spirit, that prophecy, those dreams, the words of knowledge, laying hands on the sick, 
all of this stuff. So that actually, even though it was Christianized, um, was a natural ability within me. And it was actually nurtured when I was young. But then, of course, when I questioned the Christian God, I was told, um, one, the church uh, does not want you because the devil has got you now. And you, I, there were prayer meetings. Oh, joy, joy, you got possessed, the granddaughter crow or whatever. And, and so it was just like, but before that happened, there were a lot of prophecies that my voice would, the way that who I am and who my spirit is, will speak to healing the masses. And there were many prophecies that like that. Well, when I ran away from all belief systems and, and just, you know, just went out on the, in the world by myself, I was like, no, all of that is wrong. And then I was gently pulled back. And it was like, you know, even though that was a Christianized prophecy, it still is true. This is your spirit and your soul on this earth. You are here to inspire. You are here to encourage. You are here to empower the authenticity within each individual, waking them up to their next level of being more comfortable with themselves and, and walking away from, you know, harmful belief systems that was programmed almost into them. And, and so, you know, I, I, I teach, I, um, you know, do all these things. And then it just came about that I started writing books and it was just, it was just laid before me. And my truth is, Laura, is that I barely passed high school English. So I don't know, there's a part of me that's like, how did I become an author, you know, and, but it is the spirit, um, as it flows through me and, and like almost what I would say, uh, a soul calling that I just decided to say yes to. Sorry, I was muted. And sometimes with um, these callings or these inspirations, I always say, you know, especially with, with neo-paganism, um, we, we think we choose which spirits or, or deities or gods and goddesses we're going to work with. And the truth of the matter is we don't. They pick and choose and they come and tell us uh you're 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 my thing you're mine i try on my paganism to run so far away from uh catholicism and any, any icons that could have a catholic perception to them and about 10 years ago the virgin of guadalupe you know being me, me being mexican uh the virgin of guadalupe started appearing on my work with the goddess and about two years ago maybe three in a meditation, I see her looking at me like you're, like an exhausted mother that has had enough of you. You know, like a mother that has had enough. Mm -hmm. And looking at me and saying, and these very words change everything for me. She said, I'm an immigrant too. Mm -hmm. And that just changed it all. So we have this delusion that we choose yeah i agree with you but like the hawk we are chosen yes. the hawk chooses us 
to 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 let them see. I live in Chicago, you know. I always wonder the birds. They could they could go anywhere. Yes, and they choose Chicago. Yes, and yeah. and this just spirit this is magnificent. Thank you for taking us on that journey about the inspiration of the book. And now I want to talk about the book and the different bodies of understanding the physical body, the mental body, the emotional body, and the different stages of life. <coughs> Excuse me. You talk also a lot of a uh, concept of uh, mysticism and even Joseph Campbell gets quoted here a number of times, the journey of the hero, etc. How you structure your story, your own journey into these five chapters. And if you want to talk about the chapters a little bit, it'll be great. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> this really quickly, um, I want to tell you that this magical thing, and then I'll go into the four bodies, et cetera. But when I was um, about 30 years old, the idea popped into my head. If you could do anything, what would you want to do? And I thought I would like to go to college, which is really odd because I barely made it out of high school, you know? And, and so I first night of college, I was sitting there. It was adult college at night and there was this Gen 101 first night, and they did this icebreaker. If you were to write a book, what would the title be? So that we can kind of get to know each other. And so we take a few minutes and everybody writes down their answer. They started going around the room and, and one guy was like, oh, I would write a book on how to ski. And so we all know, hey, if you're skiing, you can talk to him about skiing. You know, another lady, oh, about baking goods. And they were so surface that I was like, oh no, I did it again. I did the, I did the assignment wrong and so it got to my turn and the teacher says then the professor says to me what would the name of your book be and I said belief being and beyond and she said what why and I said because the way what we believe is so strong that it causes us to go to war and in my case, my parents' belief system caused them to give up their own child who was the golden child. So beliefs are that deep within us, but beliefs constitute our beingness within the world. But there's more beyond that. And if we can understand that we have blind spots and that there's there's always more to see, maybe we'll open up our minds and not harm people who have you know, like the, maybe the Christianized thinking, uh, putting down uh, paganism or, or both you and I being uh, told that, that maybe the devil has something to do with our curiosity, you know, and, and all of this kind of thing. And so that's kind of, it's beautiful because then a couple decades later, I actually published the book, which is really, I thought that would be a magical story. The four bodies of existence, um, I'm talking about, there's there's so many multidimensional ways to look at things. I like to break it down into this thought process through these lenses, the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, 
and this spiritual body. And so what I mean is that these are bodies of existence, which means we need to feed each one of these aspects of ourselves. We need to give each aspect of this a voice. There's a lot of religions that say that you're not supposed to think for yourself and that emotions will throw you off your spiritual path. And so it's kind of like, maybe we need to reframe this as people, you know, I think that there's not just you and I, Laura, I think that there's probably a lot of listeners that identify with a story around either Catholic or Christianized belief systeming as a child, moving and growing and and finding that support. And so this book would be interesting for those people, but it's kind of like, give each body a voice and and let it complement all of you. And then, you know, the process that I kind of take us through and and it's it's difficult to kind of describe the book, but as you go through the book, I've heard that it's a very easy flow read, but it's an interweaving of so many concepts, but from a macro level, mm-hmm. we're really looking at you know, the, a question and answer leads to your answer leads to you manifesting your manifestation leads to what's beyond. I look at it like, um, through the ages of being born and a child to being an, an adolescent to be, you know, an adult to be an elder. And then I break it all the way down to a day, the morning time, the 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 sunshine, the noontime, the evening time, and the nighttime, just this process of going through it. And so for any reader, I would recommend, one, it would be good to buy a journal <laughs> along with this book, because it really is there. I, I don't give answers in this book. I stir up questions in this book, so that you can get to know yourself. And at the end of each chapter, there are like journal prompts. But I also would say the first thing that you should do, highly recommended, is go to Appendix B in the back. There is the overall matrix of how I am laying down this book in each chapter. And so you can see the similarities between the morning and your childhood and and noontime and and your adolescence and and the evening and your adulthood and and the night and, and your elder. And there's so many more concepts I weave in there, but that's what I would recommend. And there's something that you said earlier that really struck me that folks who are not indigenous people of color probably don't understand uh, that some of us who have mixed heritage by the belief systems of others who were not detribalized, we also are not indigenous enough or folks who are Mexican-American or fill the blank American uh, which is usually somebody that is not white, are hyphenated, right? Asian American, Indian American, blah, blah. Uh, and there's so many layers of patriarchy and colonization on that. That's another show. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But there is also that aspect of it, of the belief and how the belief ostracizes us from our own people, you know, because like, if you don't speak your people's language, then you're not native enough. I have experienced that. Yes. And and I've seen Mexican American people who are ostracized because they don't speak Spanish enough, which is a colonizer's language. Uh, and being labeled as not being 
Mexican enough. Yeah. So our belief systems really permeate or every action. And, um, but going back obviously to the book, uh, I love how you broke it down. And it is indeed, as, as you said, it's very easy to digest. I am not, so here's the paradox. I interview authors of wonderful books. I am not the most avid reader. I am a person that learns from hearing rather than from reading. However, uh, this is one of those books that is, and, and I say this as a compliment, obviously, for those who are like me, more of a hearing learner. It's, very, it's so broken down that the fact that it's broken down like that and explain how to use it, that is really easy to read and you don't have to, in a sense, read from cover to cover because you can enter each chapter and even the chapters are broken down on these four bodies, et cetera. I don't want to, again, I don't want to give too much about the book, but some of the concepts that you find here on the belief system are rooted not only on different religions and belief systems, but also on systems and, and the very famous journey of the hero, which to me is near and dear to my heart as a tarot reader. Yes. Uh, because I'm a healing tarot reader. I'm not a, a predictive reader. And I base the brunt of my work on the journey of the hero. So for those who are not familiar, can you tap into that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, first, absolutely. I I love what you said about how a lot of people of color um, end out buying into um, the colonizers belief system and, and how that changes our behavior, whether we're going to apply for a job, or what we wear, or how we speak. I mean, it's, it's beautiful that you lay that out, because the more that we're aware of that, the more that we can check and double check, hey, am I being authentic? Or am I just not asking questions and following along, you know? Um, the Hero's Journey um, by uh, Joseph Campbell really is like an ordinary individual starting out in an ordinary world, and then they get called into um, a mystery, and, and they have to grow, and they have to change, and they have to maybe slay a dragon or solve a riddle or, you know, that type of a thing, and then they end out becoming this hero, in and of themselves, and then they return to the ordinary world as a hero. And so the beauty around that, you know, I, I think that it's beautiful story. It also, um, from my understanding, it, it was the major influence um, for uh, George Lucas to write Star Wars. And so if you don't want to read the hero's journey, go watch, you know, Star Wars and you'll see Luke Skywalker, ordinary man, ordinary world gets called, has to solve a problem, has to save the universe, you know, and, and all of that. And, and I think the beauty around this is that everybody is a hero within it's about taking that journey and that when we go through those difficult times and those those trying times and and we need to slay a dragon or whatever that metaphor looks like in your life that you really are on this journey of finding your inner hero your your inner hero and and i remember you know i have a son 
and he's in his thirties now, but when he was a teenager, um, you know, I, I was a single mom. And, and when he was a teenager, I wrote a thing and I put it on the fridge and it says, be the hero that you're looking for in the world, you know, be the hero that you're looking for in the world. And I don't think that I coined that phrase, but I certainly am all about, you know, Hey, everybody, you have an inner hero and, you know, we do go and, and look around and ask each other, you know, hey, is this okay if I do this? Ask yourself to be your own counsel, you know, and be empowered. In, in the questioning, the questioning of the quest, does questioning come from? The, another one, before I forget, another movie that uh, uh, photographs very nicely the hero's journey, The Hobbit. And, yes, and the habit is, um, in my opinion, more in your face. Yes, and on the uh, Star Wars. But let me digress. The questioning has something so special and so related again to the hero, and how we, you and I, uh, granddaughter Crow, questioning the status quo, questioning the established religions questioning the authority, the quest of questioning and asking um, that makes your very own hero awake. And it's part of nature. I, I, I don't think that humans are wired not to question things. I agree. So to have a religion or a belief system that tells you to follow blindly and never asks questions is not is in my opinion is anti-natural i agree and then you give us this book <laughs> you give us more questions <laughs> absolutely i love the exercises tell us a little bit about the exercises and the yeah. journaling on each chapter i love it so at the end of each chapter at the beginning of each chapter i tell my story and then i kind of talk about how that same story goes through religion science and the tarot and and the creation story and all of that but at the end of each chapter i leave it open to a lot of different questions about you experiencing the phenomenon of your individual how do you wake up in the morning? What does that feel like physically? Do you wake up slowly? Do you spring out of bed? Or are you a morning person? Because when you journal about what that experience is, just merely waking up, you may find some commonality about how you spiritually awaken are you the one that wakes up slowly or do you jump out of bed because of the spiritual body reflects the physical body or the physical body moreover reflects the spiritual body and so it's it's a lot of these beautiful you know fill in the blank um you know kind of gently nudging gently saying hey if there's something inside of you that wants to wake up i think that this book will wake it up irregardless of how far you are on your journey this one kind of takes a look and I love the fact of you saying quest question this book if it didn't have the beautiful cover that it has I think another idea would just be this huge question mark because this book is like please ask questions I agree I believe that whatever created us whatever that be it created us with curiosity. 
And I believe that this curiosity is an internal compass to lead us to our authenticity. So when the people tell you, don't be curious, do not question, they are taking you away from your authenticity. And I believe that that happens so that they can dominate and control without you even questioning why they're doing that. So be authentic people, whoop, whoop, you know, it's awesome. It, it is fantastic. So it, it is, I think this question has been answered yet, but the, uh, let's bro- break it down a little bit more. I know the tarot has to do with the journey, the hero's journey in particular. Is that why you added the tarot or are there on it other ulterior moments? <laughs> motives in which the tarot plays a part of this book absolutely so I think you know depending on whether you look at it from a, a macro or a micro level or how it applies the tarot speaks to each of us through its pictures and symbols and the reason why I put it in there is because you it's from my understanding it's older than Christianity itself and that this is like a mystical, like, let's, if, if, if religion is going to start taking away our mysticism, let's hide it in these signs and symbols. I believe that if you look at it from the hero's journey, it's absolutely that broad story of a, a human life and how they have to, to go and on their quest and, and, and become their own hero or their own authenticity. But I brought it in there because it just felt like if I'm going to talk about big concepts like, you know, belief being and beyond, I I would be remiss if I didn't include one of the eldest mystical symbols that speaks all languages and speaks to the emotional body in an emotional way, speaks to the mental body in a mental way, and speaks to the spirit in a spiritual way. So I added it in there because I, to 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 give it homage, I guess it's 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 something that you know, yeah, the versions of the tarot that we look at now is um, you know they're still like really really old, but I do talk about it a little bit in the book that. This is one of the eldest mysticisms that we have had that we sometimes uh, get persecuted for having. And then sometimes we bring up because it brings, like you said, healing, understanding to the life process that you're going through from those four bodies of existence, whether that is, you know, the cups being the emotional body, the swords being the mental body, you know, the coins or pinnacles being the physical body and and then the wands being the spiritual body. However you want to look at it, it is something that is tried and true and you get to question it you know it leads to answers absolutely and the fact that in my opinion and again each person I always believe uh, granddaughter Carl that the most magical words are you do you (laughs) you do you right yes everybody needs to be authentic and do their own quest or do their own being their own way of being However, in the way I see tarot, the way I interpret tarot as a professional tarot reader, I always tell people, 
I, I cannot tell you your future. You're building your future. What I can tell you through a reading is I can help you frame and ground what you are all going through. And because you are in the middle of this whirlwind, you cannot see the messages. But when you throw these cards as cryptic messages into my table, I have the clarity that you don't have at this moment to interpret that message and to give it to you. And there's nothing wrong with asking for help. There's nothing wrong with um, having, you know, of course I'm biased because I'm a professional tarot reader, um, but I think it's best. And I'm, I'm on that school of thought, sorry, no, sorry. I don't think people should read for themselves unless like you ask on this book, it is a reflective exercise and not a predictive one. You cannot predict, in my opinion, the future, you know? I love that on the being part, because the chapters, of course, for those who haven't caught up to the fact that the, the book is divided on chapters, awakening, enlightenment, being beyond, becoming and beyond. Well, on the being part, you have the wheel of fortune, which is 78 children. They're all my favorite. This is one of the 78 that is my favorite. Top 10, maybe. Um, I love how you speak about the cyclical wisdom of the wheel of fortune. Would you like to expand on that or maybe give some a little snippet of the book to, to the audience? Absolutely. So, you know, um, I think that it's important to to read all of the chapters and everything. And, and when I go over it, I'm like, wow, I wrote that. So when I so I will just answer it from where I stand right now. The Wheel of Fortune is uh, it's circular and it moves through various seasons. And and in it, it has um, on in most tarot cards, you'll have some sort of this familiarity with it. But when I look at the tarot, I'm looking at like uh in in the book in it really talks about the rider weight deck and it has like it has a man in one corner it has a bull in another corner it has an eagle in the other corner and it has um oh gosh what is it the an angel i think yeah a lion a lion, lion. Yeah. yeah and so when you look at that you're like why do they have all these that's actually the fixed signs of astrology so the lion represents leo the eagle represents scorpio believe it or not the man represents aquarius and then the bull represents taurus and so you're looking at earth air fire water from a fixed position but then you're also looking at that it turns and that you you know, I, like you, am a professional reader. And one of the things that I do when I'm reading is I actually look at the person as the one who is their own magician. And that um, at times, spirit will only reveal certain aspects that allows that person to experience their own you know, with empowerment and not feel like there's some Godhead that's telling him you have to do this and you have to do that, you know, which actually is a very Christianized concept in my opinion. And of course the divine and the goddess and all of that tell us, okay, child, you know, but more like a mother, you know, and not like a dictator. 
but with the with the wheel of fortune it's it's much like the hero's journey it's one of my top 10 favorite cards as well and uh, I remember my first tarot reading and uh, I asked the lady I said when I was young I was very spiritual and I had a lot of gifts and then they told me when I left the church that my gifts would be taken because I left tell me about my spiritual path guess what card came up the wheel of fortune it's wonderful it is it's it's amazing and i kind of go into each of these cards um just the major arcana and i talk about um astrology i talk a little bit about uh the kabbalistic points and then i kind of ask you in the journals to in the journal prompts to walk through step into the card look around is it cold is it hot is it you know how do you feel what do you see what do you perceive I also enjoy Laura that that uh, I, I know a lot most especially professional readers say I can't read myself and I love how you described what that looks like and and that we all can lean on each other because sometimes we have our own blind spots or we're too close to and we, we're like is this my intuition that I'm reading is this my hope that I'm reading or is this my fear that I'm reading and so having somebody who is you know not biased is very very good Thank you for sharing so many of these wonderful concepts concepts and ideas. And obviously, thank you for being on the show. I cannot thank you enough for, for saying yes and for putting together so many of so many of the parts of my being. Mm. The indigenous, the Christianized experience, the Satanized experience, and the tarot. I, I love this book. I can get enough of it. And I would like everybody to get this book. So can you please tell us where can they find the book and where can they find you? Absolutely. So full circle, remember Granddaughter Crow, right? And you can Google Granddaughter Crow. It's such a unique name that most most likely I'm going to be all over that page. Um, what I would say is www.granddaughtercrow.com. It leads you to um, the book, different places you can get it, whether you order it from Barnes and Noble or Amazon or Llewellyn Direct or, you know, whatever books, bookshops that you have around you, you know, um, mostly metaphysical bookshops are going to pick this book up, but it does go beyond that. I actually really quickly sidetrack. I was actually in Washington, D.C. Um, this past month at the American Library Association, and I was told that this book will be in libraries across the United States. And so I'm like, this book is a healing book. I just want to say one more thing. Um, the, it says belief being and beyond, but the subtitle is your journey to questioning ideas, deconstructing concepts and healing from harmful belief systems. So whether you are indigenous or whether you find yourself in any other quote unquote other category, and you have been harmed for that, 
pick up this book and see what it does for you. It's here to support you. www.granddaughtercrow.com. You can connect with me there and uh, my email information, my social media, all of it's up there. So it's very, very easy. And I like to be accessible. So please don't put me in the category of, oh my goodness, we can't contact her because she's or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 honey. We are all one. You know, we are all one. I get it. I get it. I get it. Thank you so much for this wonderful healing tool. Um, thank you to Llewellyn, obviously, for pointing your way. And I, I am going to go and say it. I asked Llewellyn, they asked me, you know, what are your interests? And I say, you know, indigenous, native, and tarot. And then they send me your book. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. So thank you so much, Granddaughter Crow, for being on the show. I leave you the microphone so you can say good night to your audience now. Awesome. So with this, I hope that you are inspired, that you feel encouraged, and most of all, that you feel empowered to be your authenticity. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I'd like to thank also, of course, the Circus Entry Network Podcast and remind you all that there are over 800 hours. There are over 800 hours of podcasts on the CSMP, the Circle Center Enable podcast, where you can listen, download, and share um, shows by Selena Fox, um, Charlotte Bear, Deborah Rose, uh, Paganos del Mundo that I produce is on Spanish and Portuguese with Christian Ortiz, Carolina Morjar, with Uleva, uh, Monica Govin, Petrusia Finclair, and yours truly, Laura Gonzalez. And of course, you can find me there with Lunatic Mondays, Lunes Lunaticos, or you can find me anywhere in social media, there by Laura Gonzalez, or Laura Gonzalez, or of course, Blue Witch. Um, and until we meet again, never forget that you are loved. Bye-bye. And thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. <laughs>